Happy New Year, everybody, and welcome back to the Football Unfocused Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Austin West and Lavelle Harris. Lavelle, go ahead and say hello. Happy New Year, everyone. Hello, hello. We back and we better. We back and we are better here in 2020 now, because we didn't record this the night before like we usually do. We are recording it the morning of January 1st, 2020. So this is a real, the first episode of the decade and of the year, so... We're going to get this thing off, and it's going to be great because we had the last regular season game of NFL's 100th season, last game of the decade with the Niners over the, in the Seahawks, big playoff Ooh, thing, and it was a good game, very good game on Sunday night. Niners get the win over the Seahawks, 26-21, we'll go over the stats quick and I'll go in more in-depth in this game. Jimmy Garoppolo, 18 for 22, 285 yards. Debo Samuel, the rookie, five receptions, 102 yards. Two rush, two rushes for three, 33 yards and a touchdown. Russell Wilson, 25 for 40, 233 yards, two touchdowns. Now, it was a really good game because the first half, that was like Seattle's first scoreless half, and I don't remember how long they said because the halftime score was 13-0 Niners up already. So it was already a making like, oh, crap. The Seahawks didn't show up with Marshawn Lynch. They brought him back, but that's not helping them. And they're looking like they could get blown out in this game. But they do end up getting a little bit of, bit of a comeback going in that second half. Got me scared for a while, for sure, watching that game. Because I got to watch the whole game. We thankfully, thankfully got NBC coming in. Because, like, we just have the antenna. We don't actually have, like, cable so we just get TV yeah. channels. In Channel 7, which is our NBC channel, is the most yeah. unreliable channel we have. Like, so when we have, like, our antennas up, it's, like, really, like, if it's good weather, like, perfect day out, you will not get Channel 7 at all. But then once it starts, mm-hmm. like, storm or, like, bad weather, the thing comes in clearly, clear as day. And it's just the weirdest thing. Because it's, like, working all day, and then finally when I get home to watch the game, it's all a little bit weird. So we had to, like, take the antenna, like, off the wall, put it next to our sliding glass door to the outside on the ground just to make sure we could get the game, just so it would come in right and we could get it. Oh, and I was so happy because I really didn't want to stream it on my computer and put it up onto the TV. Yeah. Uh, it was great to watch. Great game. Um, it was a great game. It was. Did you see Debo Samuel's spin move on the uh, sideline? Yeah, almost to the uh, sideline. That was crazy in my that I I thought he was out of bounds, and because he was going over there, and then he just hits him with the spin move on his rush for the touchdown. It was good. It was good. <sighs> like he he's running down the sideline. I'm all right. Here they come. He, they're gonna take him out of bounds. Whatever. And he just steps, spins around the Seahawks defender, and just right into the end zone. And I'm like, oh, okay then. Even my my mom and dad, who don't watch much football, they don't watch very much football, mm. so they're watching this game with me because they're like, okay, we'll support your Niners, why not? And I'm like, thank you guys, I appreciate that. But anyways, we were mm. watching it with me, and my dad just watched that play, and he's like, there's no way. He's like, you've got to be joking. That's There's no way that worked. And his, his foot is right on that line. Like I said when they played the replay, I'm like, there's no way you see any green between his foot and the sideline. It is perfectly just right there before out going out of bounds. I mean, and when they showed it again, you could maybe argue that there was a little bit or it was a shadow, but it was hard to tell, so it was really close. And then George Kittle having himself a night, one of the leading receivers again for the Niners in that game, doing mm. very well. And they did show the clip again of him versus the Saints again, the where he had three guys that took to take him down. Mm. And they were talking about it. Chris Collinsworth was doing the game, and he was talking about how mentally they were talking, like joking about how George Kittle doesn't think he can be tackled. And I think Kyle Shan they interviewed Kyle Shanahan about it as well, and they talked about how like does Kittle like does is this what Kittle thinks? He's like, well, it certainly seems to be that way sometimes when people really can't tackle him and they have to take him out of bounds or just hold him up, and it's just. Wonderful to see because I love having George Kittle on my NFL team. It's just great. It's wonderful. Very, very, very fun. And then we'll talk about the last play. The last play of the game, last drive. So the Seahawks are down in Niner territory. Very bad situation. <coughs> Excuse me. Ugh. But they're down there. Very bad situation. Within the 20, 
And they get it, they do on fourth and ten. It's fourth and ten. And I'm like, okay, here we go. Get a stop. They're on, I believe, the 12-yard line. So their first down is at the two or the one. It's at the two. They complete a pass for a first down. I'm like, guys, it's fourth and ten. You can't do that. It's fine. It's whatever. I'm like, all right, we'll just have to get a stop. Like, my confidence at this point was not high. It was not very high. And then it's so loud in Seattle. If you know about Seattle's stadium. Yes, and the 12th man. The 12th man. They get loud. They get very loud. They register on the seismic level sometimes. They get so loud. Like That's how crazy it gets in Seattle in that sta- stadium. And it was so loud and crazy after that play that they tried to run in Marshawn Lynch, and then they took him out again. And they ended up getting a delay of game, which bumped them back five yards. So now it's first and, I believe, seven, but first and goal, and they're seven yards out. So now they got a pass, like because they could have easily just ran it on the one-yard line with Marshawn Lynch, which is why yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. That's why, that's why my confidence was so d- down low. Just I'm like, all right, it's the one-yard line. They're not making the same mistake, are they? They're going to put Marshawn in and just run it to him. Which they did earlier in the game when he had his leap over yeah. the end zone and it rained Skittles in Seattle. They threw Skittles yeah, on the field. Skittles on the field. <laughs> but so they they go to pass first first pass incomplete. We're like, all right, this is looking good. Second pass, bet over the top, almost picked off. It seemed like, but he was like jumping out of bounds, so it wasn't wasn't too bad. Third down. This is a controversial one. Pass to the end zone to the. To Hollister, the tight end, and Fred Warner, the 49er linebacker, in coverage on him. And they're Seahawks fans, and it just hits him in the back. Seahawks fans are looking for a P.I. because Hollister comes in and he goes into uh, Fred Warner, and it looks like he's pushing off, and then Fred Warner, just as he's pushing off, grabs him by like the arms and stuff, like the outside of his arms. It's is my perspective on it from the camera angles that I've seen. And then mm. Russ throws the ball, and he, he can't make an attempt at it because he's got Warner's got his arms on him. And they're looking for a P.I. stuff, and it's been pretty controversial uh, on Twitter that I've seen after the game. Uh, Richard Sherman, our, the 49er quarterback, he says that it was not P.I., that they were going into him. It's contact. And, I mean, he's, he's an all-pro corner, lead, leads the league in interceptions since, like, 20, 2013 or something, or in the NFL in general. So I'm like, okay, that seems like a pretty good opinion. But there's, there's a lot of other people, like Pat McAfee, who says it should have been a P.I. It wasn't a good no call. And so that that may have sealed the game for him. And, but, again, no call was made. I They even reviewed it, and nothing was made. No call was made, so they kept it there. And the Seahawks couldn't challenge it because they were out of timeouts. And then, yeah. final play, they go to Hollister again at the one the rookie, Dre Greenlaw, with the hit up top, thankfully, hit him in the upper body, not down low, because that screwed us last time when we played the Falcons. They hit Julio Jones down low, and he just leans in yeah, with the so force. Bad. And it's like, uh-huh. okay, Greenlaw, Greenlaw hits him. And I'm like, oh, my God. And he just goes down, and it looks like he's short. And I'm like, you've got to be joking. There is no way. And they show the film. Hollister catches it. He goes to turn. Greenlaw hits him. So he's going down to his back. And as he's going down, he's trying to reach his, it would be his left shoulder, because his left shoulder is close to one of the inside. He's trying to, like, turn onto that one and reach the ball in. But because he's turning, his left shoulder hits before the ball gets in the end zone, and it is right in front of the goal line. It came down to, like, it wasn't even an inch, I don't think. There's no way that was an inch away from the goal line. And that would be how we win the game. And they, and then apparently he fumbled it, and then we picked it up and ran it back for a touchdown because they didn't blow the whistle. But I mean that doesn't re- that wasn't really a part of it, and it was um, different stuff. Count. Yeah, because they marked him down and stuff like that. But it was a great ending to a game. My dad he had already gone to bed because he wakes up early to go to work, so he was already in bed. So me and my it's just me and my mom out there, and we're like, there's no way we're freaking out. I'm freaking out. I can't believe it. I run into, the, like, my dad's bedroom. He's partially asleep. I'm like, hey, I just want to let you know that we won the game. He's like, what? I'm like, yeah, we won the game. 
He's like, you've <laughs> got to be – he's like, what? How? Because he was there but when the Seahawks were on the drive. Before they got to, like, within the 20, like, they were on, like, the 30 or 40 or something over there, like, before when they started doing the out routes right before. So he saw all that, and he's like, oh, well, I'm going to bed. And so – I'm going to bed. <laughs> yeah. But great game. I spent 10 minutes talking just about this – Niners Seahawks game because it was a big deal because Niners now have the number one seed in the playoffs, and it means the Seahawks get a first round bye by playing the Eagles, and so I mean yeah, and then we'll probably end up seeing them because if the Saints win, they'll be the highest seed and play Green Bay, and the lowest seed will play us, which will end up being the Seahawks again. So Ooh, we'll end up yeah, playing the Seahawks play three, times. three times. I'm just saying. Unless, unless, unless the (sighs) Eagles do something crazy, which would be, yeah, I would love to see that, but I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty doubtful, but it'd be cool to see because it's in Philadelphia. It's in Philadelphia. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. All right. I'll stop talking about my stuff, my Niner stuff. You can go on to your Chargers. Uh, nothing much with the Chargers. As always, we are the we suck. This year we suck. It was supposed to be Super Bowl season, bro. It was supposed to be Super Bowl season. Hey, we're calling it next year, but don't worry. Hopefully, the Niners get close, but I don't think they're gonna win. They'll get close. I'm, I got Westy a Christmas present. He's, I think he's gonna like. Oh yeah! See another Christmas. Uh, you present. want me to give you a hint? You want me to give you a hint? No, like I a don't. Bit of I don't want a hint. I don't no? want a hint. I want it to be a complete okay, surprise okay. when we get back okay. in like less than a week. Because <laughs> this is our yeah. last week from recording from KMCH. So because we'll be back because yeah. freshmen are required to be have that J turn next week. Ooh, yeah, so much fun! I got a mini fridge to bring back to college. It'll be great. It's wonderful. No. It's wonderful. But okay. continue, continue. Back to charge. Back to charge. Um, we lost the Chiefs, 31-21. Rivers, I believe, is last game as a Charger, and everyone else probably does too because he was very emotional after the game. Didn't carry through an interception on 4th and 28. But Rivers, 31-46, two touchdowns, two interceptions. And nothing really much for us. We are just chilling. Just it was chilling. just like a game that we didn't need to win. I hope we didn't win. It was just like you were ready for that draft pick. You were ready for that draft pick. Yes, I want a draft pick. And then right when I saw we lost, and I was like, "Yes, we're gonna either get Jalen Hurts or like what if Joe Burrow falls and like the there is no way there is no way. But he won't. He won't. He's the best. You guys are like ten. You guys are like pick number ten. There's no way that we do not have ten. We have like six. Is it six? I thought it was like more. We have like ten. We have six or eight. I think one of those two. You have six. Oh, I was wrong. Yeah, you have six. Yeah, we do have six. Oh, all right, you do have a way better I know my team, bro. I'm sorry. Hey, hey, all right, all right, yeah. all right. But, yeah. Um, Keenan a... Allen. Keenan Allen, I want to say. Um, broke his own record for catches in the season. Franchise record. Hey, so, there we go. Breaking Keenan records. Allen, I'm telling you, he's a top five receiver, but everyone don't believe me. Yeah, he he's really huh? good. I hey, I never said he wasn't. He's a really good receiver. He's, he's, he's all reliable, just receiver. like Larry Fitzgerald. Yes. for the Chargers. He's the Larry Fitzgerald of the Chargers. But Larry Fitzgerald, yeah. I think he's more. He is Larry Fitzgerald, but a little bit more. Yeah. Bit. Hey, but it's okay. And so yeah. we'll go into our game of the week, and this one was a tough one. I didn't know which one to choose. It was between this one. And uh, which, I don't remember what the other one was. There was another really good one that I wanted to put on here. I believe it was because there's a lot of good ones. The Raiders Broncos game. I thought about putting in here because that was a good game too. And I mean Bengals beating the Browns. I thought about talking about that because yeah. that was really the Packers Lions game came down to the last second field goal. The Packers have not. I found this sad on Twitter. The Packers have not led against the Lions all season. They played them twice. Oh. They did not lead in those games for a single second. And they, they won, won both, both of them. them. They won both of them. <laughs> At the end of the game, yeah. right off a field goal. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. The Lions are low-key underrated sometimes, especially with a backup yeah. quarterback, and they're going 20-23 to 23 against the Packers. And, I mean, the Bears aren't looking great. I mean, they beat the Vikings, but 
they're their backups, and they only beat them by three. Mm. Like, Kirk Cousins, I don't think, played a snap in that game, and neither did Diggs or Thielen. So your main weapons are out, but and you still only win by three? That's that's rough, Chief. That That's rough. And that so I decided Dolphins-Patriots, big deal, because the Patriots will lose that one to Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Dolphins. 24 to 27. Fitzpatrick, Fitzmagic is back. Fitzmagic is always here. It was never left. And Brian Flores, the head coach of the Dolphins, former New England coach as well. So Ryan Fitzpatrick, 28 for 41, 320 yards, one touchdown. Five rushes for 15 yards, one touchdown. Tom Brady, 16 for 29, 221 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, which was a pick six. And it was his first since like 2007, 2008. And it was against a former New England Patriot as well, is who caught who mm-hmm. picked it off and took it back. So Dolphins would actually score the first ten points in that game as well, which was crazy. It was first second quarter and it's ten zero. Dolphins up, and the Dolphins score that go ahead touchdown with twenty five seconds left. Fitzpatrick to the back of the end zone to his tight end, I believe Gasecki was his name. Yeah. That was a bullet back there, too. It was a bullet back there to him. It was a good pass. It was crazy. And that game was very important because the Patriots had to win to secure their number two seed and get the bye week. But since they lost, uh, the Chiefs, who beat the Chargers, now have that bye week in the number two seed in the AFC. Yeah, we we held the Chiefs. Yeah, because Damian Williams had that broke a tackle on you got three tackles and then took it back took it on like the first play of the drive which was insane and then you had some other play that was really crazy too i don't remember what it was but that one was just you couldn't tackle oh, it was, kickoff return yeah kickoff return by a hard yeah McCole like Harden. when he like almost stepped out 104 really yards 104 yards the longest touchdown of the season yeah. in the last game Bro, Harry caught Williams again. Yeah, he caught up play. to him. He caught up to him. Tyreek Hill. He only like so fast. fast. He is so fast. It is crazy. Like he was racing to get him. Yeah, I didn't. Like he was way behind, and then you just see him out of nowhere come onto the screen and chase him down, and it's like, oh, all right. Yeah. But during that Chiefs game, the uh, color commentator, play-by-play guy, I forget his name, for the Chiefs. Is calling started calling both games during like Chiefs had just scored. They're in the middle of their field goal, and he starts calling the Dolphins game right before they throw the touchdown when they're on like the first and four or something four yard when they're on the four yard line from their end zone, and so he's calling both games at the same time, and like he finished that the Patriots game out. Like he finished calling the Patriots Dolphins game too. And then when everyone in the stadium found out that the Dolphins scored, the stadium erupted. We had buddies there. I was talking to one of them, and he said he didn't. his phone wasn't working or something, or he wasn't looking at his phone. And he'd just see people around them look at their phones real quick and then just start shoving people around next to them and going crazy. And then the whole stadium just started yelling. And you could hear it in the video about the, with the color commentator. And then he also said the whole stadium, how they do their chance for, like, Ty, Reek, that kind of stuff. In that same, like, Ty, Reek, like, the enunciation of it, they started cheering, fins up, fins up, in the whole, in, in Arrowhead. They're just cheering for the Dolphins because they gave them that number two seed. And there's already a petition to have Ryan Fitzpatrick bang their drum for their playoff game for getting him there. And I would love to see that. I mean, that'd be super cool just to have Ryan Fitzpatrick come do it. It, Like, the Bills sort of did something like that when the Bengals got them into the playoffs that first year. I think it was two years ago. Uh, Bills fans donated to Andy Dalton's charity, and I think they raised, like, $200,000 or something in, like, a matter of hours just from, like, Bills fans donating money because – they, he got him into the playoffs right, for beating, I believe, the Steelers is who it was. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, something like that is always cool to see, too. And I forgot we haven't mentioned Fitzpatrick has beaten the Patriots for every team in the AFC East. 
He has played for every single AFC one. East. And beat every team, right? It is the AFC East, <sighs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, good. I was like, that's that is the right division. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I was hoping, but yeah, that was it. Was a great game throughout. Ryan Fitzpatrick coming up clutch for him, and we got a lot of since it's the end of the year. We got a lot of uh, titles we got to give away for uh, stuff like that. Christian McCaffrey, he was the third running back to get a thousand receiving yards, thousand rushing yards. Uh, the interception <laughs> title goes is a three way tie between Anthony Harris of Minnesota. Stephon Gilmore, New England, and Tredavious White of Buffalo with six. The rushing title goes to Derrick Henry of Tennessee Titans, 1,540 yards. And I think he was – he wasn't – he didn't lead until this week. Like, he was in second all season until this week because Nick Chubb was leading for a while, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb was leading going into the game. Yeah, he was le- – yeah. And, the, and then he played – and they're just like, he was like on this, the guy calling, he was like, on the, if he gets, what, like 14 yards on this run, he has it. And then he got a 53-yard run for a touchdown. Oh, for a touchdown, For too. a touchdown and the rushing title. And we were like, in the, everyone went crazy. Yeah. I mean, because Nick Chubb, did, again, they lost the Bengals. He didn't do very, he didn't do very well, as we can probably figure. But uh, receiving title, of course, to Michael Thomas of New Orleans Saints. Mm-hmm. 1,725 yards. Anyone could have seen that one coming. The tackle title goes to Bobby Wagner of Seattle. 159 tackles on the season. Um, and there was a sack one, sack leader. I don't remember who for sure. It was a Buccaneer. When I was making the notes, it hadn't come out yet. Here we go. 2019 sack leader would be Shaquille Barrett of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with 19 and a half. That's how many sacks he had. Yeah, so not bad. Not bad for him. And mm-hmm. what other titles we got? Passing title, Jameis Winston of Tampa Bay as well. 5,109 <laughs> yards. Also an exception title leader. Yeah, Jameis also. Winston. Jameis Winston. And he has brought to us, Jameis Winston has given us possibly the greatest ESPN 30 for 30 the world has ever seen because he is the first quarterback to throw 30 passing touchdowns with 30 interceptions. So again, great thirty for thirty segment there. Even he, the ESPN thirty for thirty about it. If he was like, he's like in his like post game press coffee, he's like, if I don't throw, throw these thirty interceptions, I'm the best quarterback in the league. He's like, I could be elite. <laughs> I could be elite. Have you seen my numbers? Yeah. And then head coach Bruce Arians, you know what he says after the game? He's like, if we can win with this quarterback, we can win with an, an, another oh, quarterback. Yeah. And it's just like, oh. Just throw Jameis under the bus there. Don't hold anything back. No, that's fine. That's fine. That's whatever. But we do have some decade stat leaders as well, and some of them are pretty obvious. Uh, Passing yards, Drew Brees, 46,770. Rushing yards, LaShawn McCoy, 10,434. Shady. Total touchdowns, also McCoy, 85. In receiving yards, Julio Jones, 12,125. Sacks goes to Von Miller with 106. Tackles Luke Keekley with 1,092. And interceptions, my boy Richard Sherman with 35. Mm-hmm. So he out here looking pretty solid. Like I said, he's very good. And there's a lot of stuff to go over, honestly. This is a bit crazy it week. Is. Because we have won 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, we're at 23 minutes right now. Um, we got a lot of things. Draft picks came out. Um, wild card schedule. There's a lot of coaches and stuff that got fired and executives that got fired. Um, Larry Fitzgerald led the Cardinals in receiving yards every year from age 21 to 36, except for three years. So he's all, he really That's is all reliable for the Cardinals. He really is. Adrian Peterson had more rushing yards than Todd Gurley or Le'Veon Bell this season. That was a big deal. He's... Adrian Peterson is 34, Todd Gurley's 25, Le'Veon Bell is 27. So I mean, he's he's a decent amount older than these guys when you look in in football, in like football through football eyes, he's a lot older because lot football older. age is different than like normal age. Well, I should say any athletics is like different. Um, had a bunch of a lot of stuff. 2020 draft picks. We'll pull those up real quick. And there are people who are mad about Drew Brees not making the all-time team with all his, all his different um, 
uh, awards and stuff and all the records that he's broken because it there's a lot of them. There is a lot of them. We've talked about it before. Yeah. There is a lot, and he doesn't he's even make the all-time team. Like almost all the categories for quarterback. Yeah, and they, top and they the pick. Home. People are pissed because they picked a guy who had more interceptions than touchdown passes to oh be on the all-time God. team, and it's some guy from like way back when, black and white football games type yeah. days, leather helmets, that that kind of days. And I feel like sometimes like they're obligated to put those kind of people in there on the all-time team, and a lot of people feel the same way just because that's where the history started and it started with these guys. Yeah. But I had, I picked most of the all-time team. I'm like, okay, those people would make it. I'm surprised that uh, – who was it? Who was it that didn't make it? Uh, Joe Namath. I thought Joe Namath might – make it just because of his influence and stuff like that as well like along with his stats but he did not joe namath did not make the all-time team but those draft picks top 20 picks number one the Bengals, of course washington follows them detroit the giants dolphins chargers at six yeah he's ready for jalen hurts at sixth overall panthers at seven cardinals at eight uh jaguars at nine browns at ten Jets at 11, Oakland at 12, now to be Las Vegas. Great stadium, by the Las way. It's Vegas looking stadium. very nice. Yeah, that stadium looks nice. Oh my. It looks, people are calling it like the Death Star and stuff, which, I mean, hey, I'm, I'm not going to complain about it. That's kind of a cool name for it. Because, I mean, they had the black hole in Oakland, so, I mean, they got to think of another scary name for it. Uh, Colts at 13, Tampa Bay at 14, Denver at 15, Falcons at 16, Cowboys at 17. Dolphins via Pittsburgh at 18, Oakland via Chicago at 19, and Jaguars via the Rams at 20. So it'll be interesting. It'll be an interesting draft. And I can't wait. I can't wait. I love draft season. Like, watching the Combine, like, people made fun of me in high school because I would watch the Combine in school, like the NFL Combine. I would watch the Combine. Right? I was watching it, and people were like, why would you watch the Combine? That's so weird. School is boring. Why would I watch the combine? <laughs> I love the combine. Like it, it entertains yeah. me so much. Like I would watch that over a lot of different like events, in, instead of a lot of different yeah. events like that, and stuff. But a lot of gosh, a lot of things happened. Um, Pat Shermer for the Giants head coach got fired. Freddie Kitchens, Cleveland Brown head coach got fired. They're thinking Jerry, Jason Garrett's gonna get fired. He met with Cowboys execs yesterday, yesterday morning. Um, GM of the Browns, John Dorsey, got fired. Uh, the president of the Redskins, Bruce Allen, was released. And the Redskins have hired Ron Riviera to be their head coach. That came out earlier this morning. It was it was allegedly yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. It was official this morning. So Ron Rivera already there, and he's got Jack Del Rio as his defensive coordinator, former Raider and Jaguar. So... He'll be there with him as well, big-time hire for the Redskins. So we'll see if Ron Riverboat Ron can turn it around for them. Um, Yeah. Riverboat Ron. Riverboat Ron. Hey, I mean, stuff. and I think that's about, like, all our NFL stuff. Oh, the one thing I want to put in, I saw this. The 49ers have won the, won the very first game of the decade and the very last game of the last decade. On January 3rd, oh. 2010, and then on Sunday night, December 29th, 2019. So we won the first mm-hmm. and the last one, which is a crazy stat. In crazy. Yeah. But it's okay. It'll be okay. And then remember that snowball fight thing we talked about on Christmas? Yeah. Apparently the checkdown asked Jarvis Landry about it, and his dream team is The Rock, OBJ, and Mike Clevinger of the Cleveland Indians. What the heck? Yeah, that that's his dream He's snowball arm. fight team. Why OBJ? He catches because his best friend. I don't know. Soft hands. <laughs> he, He's got just as many touchdown catch, catches as a Clemson receiver. I know. I saw that on Twitter too. It was the worst picture of the Clemson receiver too, and it, I felt bad, but it, it was funny. It was really funny. But <laughs> I think we'll take a break now as so we get a quick commercial in, and we'll come back. And talk about bowl games because we left some of those out last week. Really good. Iowa played and we got the college football playoffs. And we'll get into a real quick, really short fantasy. And that will be the end of our New Year's episode. So stay tuned. 
Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Brayden. And I'm Colin. And funny enough, we are the hosts of The Brayden and Colin Show. You can come listen to The Brayden and Colin Show on 97.5 KBVU on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. We are a variety podcast, so we talk about different topics every single week. Come hang out with us and you can learn about a bunch of different stuff only on 97.5 KBVU, The Alternative Edge. Bye-bye. We are back after that wonderful commercial. Now time for our college football, and I'll start off with my Iowa Hawkeyes because they played their bowl game, the Holiday Bowl, ranked 16th, the Iowa Hawkeyes were, going up against number ranked 22 USC out in San Diego, like I said, in the Holiday Bowl. And you thought, if people are thinking, oh, it'll be a close game, it'll be a great game. You know, USC, Pac-12, no. it'll be good. Yeah, no, not at all. 49-24 Hawkeyes. Uh, wonderful time. I was watching that at, uh, I can't think of the name of the bar now. Shoot. Um, it's, it's out of my mind. Union Station. Thank you. God, my, I, I'm horrible this morning. It's bad this morning. What names? Union mm-hmm. Station, big deal here in Eastern Iowa. On Iowa Live is hosted there, a big sports show, talk show here for KCRG, the local news station. But big Iowa bar as well, so we went there with my family, watched the game. It was interesting, first time I ever watched it there, because we couldn't get it home again, mm-hmm. our bad cable. But Iowa the Iowa Hawkeyes, putting their, just absolutely dominating this game. Amir <sighs> Smith-Marset, wide receiver for Iowa, three total touchdowns, almost had four. He had a receiving touchdown, a rushing touchdown, and he returned a kickoff for 98 yards for a touchdown after hurdling a guy on, like, the 25. And it ties the Iowa Bowl record with the three touchdowns. He's the first player to return two kick returns for touchdowns in a season. And he almost, again, like you said, he almost had that fourth touchdown, and it was a passing touchdown. He almost had a passing touchdown as well. It was just a yeah, little. He's been the first player in probably history. He was just a little out of reach, a little past him, and it kind of tipped the receiver's fingers. So I mean, you could. And what was great about that? Even my uncle was talking about who's back from Connecticut, who was there watching with us. He said that's the kind of stuff that Iowa does when they were doing the post game because he got the offensive MVP clearly, yeah, clearly. And so when he was talking about, it, they asked him about the passing touchdown. And he said, hey, it's it's on me. He he took the blame himself. Like, he easily, easily could have said it was the receiver's fault because it touches his hands. It touches the receiver's hands, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Like, it's just barely missing. Like, he could have reached maybe dove and caught it. But he's he was humble enough to take it and say, like, yeah, that's my fault and stuff like that. And that's one of the things a lot of people respect about Iowa and Kirk Ferentz and how, how he has uh, uh, his players conduct interviews and stuff like that. And do that humble thing because that's just one of the things that's on brand for Kirk Ferentz and the Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, Nate Stanley, the quarterback for Iowa, 18 for 27, 213 yards, two touchdowns, and many, many QB sneaks. I think we called three QB sneaks in a row. We called three in a row on, I I believe, the goal line or close to the goal line. And people couldn't believe it because Nate Stanley's a big dude. Nate Stanley's a big dude. He can do QB sneaks. People are tweeting after the game. If QB sneak is not one of the aspects on Nate Stanley's draft profile, somebody's doing something wrong because he has been phenomenal when doing QB sneaks at Iowa. Like, they are very good at QB sneaks with Nate Stanley. They Like, most QB sneaks you expect one, two yards maybe. Nate Stanley picks up at least four half the time, minimum. Sometimes more than that just because he gets the O-line pushing and stuff like that, pushing him. And then the freshman quarterback for USC, Kendon Slovis, went down early in the third quarter after a hit from A.J. Epineza, D.N. from Iowa. He was going back for a throw, and Epineza just pulls, hits his arm and pulls it back like farther than it's supposed to. So I think it was a shoulder. It was a shoulder injury, is what it was. So they had their USC backup has come been in. Having quarterback issues. All yeah. the quarterbacks have gone there. I mean, he was doing. He was doing. Very, he was doing decently well against the Hawkeyes before he got injured, and then the backup just kind of really couldn't get much going for them uh, in that game either. But what was I going to say about Kenyon Slovis? I don't remember. There was something I was going to say. 
AJ Epineza getting the defensive MVP of that game, tying his record for sack or tackles or sacks in that game, something like that. Kirk Ferentz is his sixth 10-plus win season. It's his ninth bowl win. That's the second most win, bowl wins by a Big Ten coach. So Kirk Ferentz paving the way at Iowa. Um, they honored the late Hayden Fry during that game as well by removing the Tiger Hawk, which is their logo. They removed that off their helmets, so they didn't play with the Tiger Hawk on their helmets. And uh, they honored Bump Elliott. I believe he was a coach or executive or something, a very big deal in the Iowa Hawk football. Iowa Hawkeye football team, department, all that stuff, and athletics there. So they honored him with a sticker on their helmet as well. And then they were talking about uh, C.J. Beathard's brother, how they also did it for him and stuff like that because he's a former Hawkeye and stuff like that. So, And a lot of former Hawkeyes, such as Desmond King, who plays for the Chargers, were tweeting about the yes, game sir. and having a great time because it, it was just a really good game in general. It was an amazing yeah, game. But – yeah, so third straight bowl win for Iowa. They're tied for their record. They didn't punt until the third quarter. It's the first game all season that All-American Keith Duncan has not attempted a field goal, and they do it in a bowl game, So, which is interesting. I think they should have just lined up anyways, let him kick a field goal just because Keith Duncan, but hey, so whatever. Um, Notre Dame versus ISU. Iowa State, not much of a game, as everyone probably Notre guessed. Notre too good, bro. Why would they put up against? They that? turned down yeah. three other bowl offers to play Iowa State. Mm. They had three previous offers to play a game, and they turned it down to beat ISU thirty-three to nine. Like they're definitely going to beat them no matter what. Yeah, it's like they don't. I feel like a lot of people were saying like Christmas when we were watching. Like, if they really turned down three. Is it just because they they know it's people they can't beat and they just don't want that? Because apparently their first one was supposed to be against Bama. They were supposed to be in a bowl with Alabama. And they just Ooh. turned it down. Like that would have been a good game. That would have been the game. I, I would have. Th- I would think it would be a good game, but again, you can't tell yeah. because Notre Dame only wants to play people like Iowa State. Yeah, I would. Hey, like, come on, you gotta give them a give. Give yourself a chance. Like, play a decently good team. Get yourself some media, maybe. But yeah. Anyways, college football playoffs started. LSU versus Oklahoma. Ooh, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Go LSU, ahead. LSU, bro. LSU was like, I'm thinking like, okay, Oklahoma has a chance, but I'm thinking like LSU is going to win no matter what because their defense and offense is too good. And Joe Burrow showed why he was the best quarterback in the nation. So he, how much did he, he threw? He threw six touchdowns in the first half. He threw seven. I think he threw all seven touchdowns in the first half. I'm pretty sure it was all seven in the first half. They put the backup in, in like the third quarter. Yeah, they, they put the they put there. the backup quarterback in third quarter, late third quarter. I I think he threw six first half and do one in the third quarter when it like came out and then yeah. like this man's it crazy. Was like, it was well, we were, me and my dad were watching the game. We were like, Joe Burrow is looking so good. He's like, would you want to trade up to get him? I'm like, maybe, that, maybe. Okay. Not right, champ to number yeah. one, get Joe Burrow. But he went crazy, what, 29 for 39, 493 yards, seven touchdowns, five carries, 21 yards for a touchdown. So he had eight touchdowns. He had eight total touchdowns. He ate total touchdowns. That's crazy. And then the LSU wide receivers looked unstoppable, bro. Especially Justin Jefferson. He did Justin amazing the first half. Bro. He was crazy. He had four of those touchdowns. Four receptions. Oh, no, I think his first two catches were touchdowns. Really, I didn't see. I didn't see the I, very beginning of the game. That was the problem. I didn't see kickoff. Yeah, so. I think his first two catches were touchdowns. Man. They were crazy. Like he was just dominating. Yeah. Two hundred twenty-seven no yards, four game. touchdowns. All four touchdowns were in the first half. I know that one for yeah. a fact. I know that one for sure. And CD no, Jalen yeah. Hurts not looking like Jalen Hurts that everyone knows and loves. Because LSU's DB, we all know LSU DBs are just like they're very the best good. in the they're league for the nation. So like it's hard to pass, but he was like passing. He still had gave CD Land four receptions for 119 yards. I mean, so like yeah. it's like not bad, but he had two rushing touchdowns. David Hurts tried to do everything he can. Yeah, a lot just, of a LSU lot of QBs running the ball in our stats today in this podcast. Like every yeah. quarterback we mentioned has rushed for a decent amount of yards, except Nate Stanley because he was like neg- negative nine yards or something. 
I don't know. Oh, shoot. Could yeah. he sack? Even after all those QB sneaks. It's rough. It's sad. But yes. LSU is a big game for them. Joe Burrow has the same amount of touchdowns in Mercedes-Benz Stadium as Matt Ryan, quarterback for the Falcons, has all year. He's responsible just as many. Home stadium. That's his eight home eight. stadium. Yeah. That's my eight home stadium. Um, LSU's offensive coordinator, uh, his daughter-in-law, or was it actual daughter? It was, oh, yeah. Uh, her and a Louisiana uh, sports reporter and three others, I believe, uh, died in a plane crash before that game, on their way to that game, and the players did not know. The players did not find out. And ESPN interviewed Joe Burrow about it after the game, and Joe Burrow had not been told by his offensive coordinator that that had happened yet. So none of the players had known, and then ESPN asks him about it, how it felt and how he reacted, and he just had no idea. It was the first time he'd heard it on live television. Mm-hmm. And so he handled he handled it very well, it, but he's just sitting there and he's just like, oh my god, like he couldn't believe it happened. Like he didn't say it out loud. You could kind of see it like in his face and stuff. Like oh, yeah, oh my god, because uh, that O coordinator was a big part of why Joe Burrow was there at LSU, why he got mm. to LSU, and it was like really close. They were like really close, him and that O coordinator, and so like it was really heartbreaking for him and stuff. And then ESPN was like, oh, crap, we're sorry. We didn't know you didn't know. And a lot of people were mad about that on Twitter and stuff like that. But People be mad about anything. That's, that's true half the time. But like, that's really unprofessional. I mean, it's it's kind of unprofessional, but it's kind of like you can't be ex- – sometimes yeah, maybe you can't, you can't be expected to know that. Like, like people are going to want to know that. So that's like the questions people want to yeah. – that's the answer people want to know. But, again – Sometimes they expect people like ESPN, those big big companies, to be like, hey, have you guys told your players about this yet? Because they asked him, like, how he wa- not- how the old coordinator was at halftime, and he's like, I didn't know, so I didn't really notice. I didn't really realize mm-hmm. anything. But a lot of records set for LSU for college yeah, football playoff records. in that game. Most passing touchdowns in a game, Joe Burrow, seven. Most passing yards, Joe Burrow, 493. Most touchdowns responsible for, Joe Burrow, 8. Most receiving yards, Justin (laughs) Jefferson with 227. Most receiving touchdowns, Justin Jefferson with 4. Most points scored, 63. And most offensive yards, 692. And those are all college football playoff records. Every single one of them. Oh, my God. Crazy. Mm, I heard Justin Jefferson wasn't even, like, had a star. He wasn't, like, ranked really high. Mm -hmm. 227th in his class. And now he's probably the number one receiver in the yeah. nation, they said. Yeah. And that's crazy. And hey, stars don't matter, kids. Hey. And now we got, anywhere. <laughs> now we got to move on to and then this, other college bowl. This game. Fiesta Bowl. Because we're running out of time. Ohio we got to hurry up. State, Good game. I called Clemson. Like, I literally have said this two weeks in advance. Clemson, I said I, Clemson is going to be Ohio State. I said this. And at the beginning of the game, J.K. Dobbins, bro, was looking like, oh, he's looking unstoppable, but I was like, oh, my God. Then I'm like, okay, I don't know about this one. But then Trevor Lawrence, guy was looking amazing. He was running the ball so much. Yeah. Like, I never seen – I thought Trevor Lawrence – like, Trevor Lawrence is not the guy you think is going to run the ball a lot. He ran for all. 107 yards on, on 16 carries, yeah. bro, and a touchdown. And a like, touchdown. Like, he scored – like, his touchdown run was, what, how long was it? I it was like a 50, I think it was a 53-yard touchdown. He ran. Like, he looked fast, and everyone was so surprised that he, like, he looked, and everyone was like, Trevor Lawrence looked fast on that play. And yeah. It was just a great game. Clemson does win 29-23 to defeat Ohio State in the Fiesta Bowl. And Trevor Lawrence, 18 for 33, 259 yards and two touchdowns with 16 carries, 107 yards for touchdown. Just crazy Just, game overall. It was a crazy game. Justin Fields, he had a like, spectacular game like Trevor Lawrence, but he went 30 for 46, 220 yards, touchdown, two interceptions, 14 carries, 13 yards. But J.K. Dobbins is like, I feel like J.K. Dobbins and Jonathan Taylor, you could say, like, you could go back. Like, 
Like, who's the best running back? Because yeah. J.K. Dobbins kills, bro. Yeah. Like, 18 carries, 174 yards, and a touchdown. Come on, bro. J.K. Dobbins is crazy. It's pretty good. And then, but there was a lot of controversy with this game, too, as well. Yes, there was. The t- fumble return for a touchdown by Ohio State. They called an incomplete pass. That one, that one was debatable. It looked like he had possession and took a couple steps. So I mean, yeah. it looked like you don't it, know what to catch nowadays. Yeah, so, it's so tough like, to tell half the time. Uh, Pi calls yeah. everywhere that were and weren't thrown. Um, a lot of people were thinking it was oh, like yeah. There was some the clip in the end zone. Ohio like State's that. jersey, an Ohio State receiver's jersey, is about three feet behind him being held by the Clemson player, and it's just nothing's called. Like, you can see the shirt stretched out that far, and just nothing's yeah, getting called. They were called. just letting him play, bro. Yeah. That's what they were doing most of the um, like college football games, playoff games. Like, LSU, Oklahoma, there was, like, a couple calls everyone thought they should have called, but they did. And they're, like, they're just letting him play. Yeah. Uh, targeting calls, a couple of those popped up as well over the weekend, stuff like that. A lot of those, actually. There was one on Trevor Lawrence. People are mad because they thought Trevor Lawrence ducked into it, stuff like that. Um, There's one in a different bowl, I believe the Frosted Flakes Bowl, that the QB was running and kind of started to slide, like just before he started to slide, or as he was sliding, he got smacked by a defensive player, and that player was out for the game. So it's just a lot of stuff that was getting tossed up around and stuff like that. But a lot of big things, like those are the main bowl things. I think we're actually going to have to actually edit this podcast because we're like behind. We're like over. And I forgot to mention, last time we uh, did our – we didn't talk about college bowl games. We're like, oh, there wasn't really – I failed to mention, we did have a – there was an important bowl game, the Frisco Bowl. It was a big deal because it was Kent State's very first bowl win in school history. And they beat Utah State fifty-one to forty-one, so that was a big deal for them. That was uh, two weeks ago, I believe. So I figured I should probably mention that this week because it was a big deal for them. And so I figured, eh, we'll we'll give it to them. Um, so fantasy football to wrap stuff up here. Um, I did win my other league, so that's a hundred dollar cash prize to me, and my trophy that I made comes home. Very happy. So I'll probably hopefully bring that to college with me. And Lavelle will be able to see it. Maybe I'll just bring it to every recording of the podcast. We got to see what uh, Coach B and and Coach B, we got to see what he wants to do, if they're going to make a trophy or not, because we talked about it, but we weren't sure what we were going to do. My picks, Ryan Tannehill and Devontae Parker. Ryan Tannehill had an average day, so it was just like, eh. Mm. It was like 14 points or something, so I'm like, eh, I'll – I'll take one down. I'll say it's a – I had him as my start, so I'll be like, all right. I took one, I'll be like, okay, yeah. he didn't do that great. I'll take that as I didn't get that one right. Um, Devontae Parker did very well. He away for a minute. Bro. I did. Uh, and he was doing very well, and he just didn't really overperform like I had projected. And they blew him out. They yeah. blew the Texans out. That's, part, that's probably part of the reason, too, because Derrick Henry took over. And Devontae Parker did fairly well, very well in that Dolphins game against Stephon Gilmore, so he had a decent amount. So I end the decade and all that fun stuff seven and eleven in fantasy picks. So we're ho- we'll hopefully work on that next year. We'll see what I can do. Hopefully we can do a little bit better than that. And uh, the perfect season lineup of the fantasy football season would be Lamar Jackson at quarterback, four hundred fifteen points. Christian McCaffrey at running back, 471. Mm-hmm. Aaron Jones, your second running back, 314. Michael Thomas is a wide receiver, 374. Chris Godwin is receiver number two, 276. Travis Kelsey is your tight end, 254. Harrison Butker as your kicker, 153. And the Patriots defense at 224. And That is a perfect lineup. Yeah. And the top scoring fantasy players of the decade, Drew Brees at quarterback, LaShawn McCoy at running back, Antonio Brown at wide receiver, Jimmy Graham at tight end, Seattle Seahawks defense, and Steven Goskowski, the kicker for New England. So, yeah, that's all our big fantasy news. Decade news. Yeah, decade news. Well, I guess all decade NFL awards was Tom Brady, Adrian Peterson, Julio Jones, Rob Gronkowski, Joe Thomas, J.J. Watt, Luke Keekley, Richard Sherman, Earl Thomas. 
So all that fun stuff. But, yeah, so we're done with fantasy segment. We're almost done with college segments. Soon it'll just be unfocused NFL playoffs, maybe some interviews. We'll try to start pulling some interviews in, and it'll be great. We're at 20 minutes. This might be our longest episode ever. We'll see. Ever. Well, I think we have a 50-minute one, so maybe not. We'll we'll be cutting yeah. it close. So before we sign this off, we we'll want to say a big thank you to KMCH for letting us over break, use their studio, let me come in here, call Lavelle on a phone, and record it. Record ourselves talking about football. Big shout-out to them. Hopefully they're listening to the podcast. If not, we'll tweet it at them, too. we got to get a thank-you card going, too. We're going to get one of those after once we get – back to college so I can have you sign that and stuff like that. Maybe we'll put give in give them a little KBVU sticker as well so they can hang it up somewhere here in the office. Offices around here. Yes. We'll give them a, we'll give them a couple. We'll give them a couple so they can put them wherever they want. Just start hanging them. Maybe I should have brought a bunch home so I could just start putting them places and then they just wouldn't realize until I left and they'd be like, "Wait a second, where are all these coming from?" But no, thank you to them for letting us do this. Thank you to all guys for giving us a great year in 2019, even though we didn't have we didn't have a whole full year. We only started in like we had September. Half a year. Half a year, not even. Maybe 16 episodes. Less than half. No. But we are the best podcast. So. Yeah. This is 16, so 15 matter. great episodes. 15 episodes. Yeah, 52 followers on Twitter. Ooh. Great year. Hopefully to make some great next three more years. Hopefully we can do this till senior year of college. Maybe, maybe we'll keep it going. Who knows? We'll see what happens, but... Thank you, everybody, for a great year. Happy New Year. Happy 2020. Make sure you get all your New Year's resolutions done.